Colorado Springs number one car show by default. This is Automotive ADHD. And my next guest is someone who has seen success in the business world and now oversees a legendary company that has been serving automotive enthusiasts since 1954. Now, they have the world's largest collector car marketplace as well as an extensive collection of resources for current collector car owners and prospective buyers. Jonathan Shaw, president of Hemmings, welcome to Automotive ADHD. Matt, such a pleasure to be with you. Thank you so much for having me on. I uh, can't wait to talk cars with you. It's what we love. It's our passion here. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. And we got a ton of stuff to talk about. And before we do that real quick, you've got a really cool story with how you got involved with Hemmings, at least initially at a little bit of a, at a young age. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So uh, I, I shared a love of cars. I inherited through my grandfather. He was kind of an American hot rodder, 32 Deuce Coupe, 56 F100. It wasn't unusual for us to go on trips together to, to go look at cars or, or find, you know, various cars he was interested in. And so we went on one of these weekend trips. We went up to a place called Bennington, Vermont, and, and I thought we were just going to see a really cool museum at this little, you know, uh, kind of garage gas station museum place. Little did I know uh, he was there to negotiate the purchase of Hemmings. Um, so, you know, I sat outside the office waiting my chance to go into the museum and see the cars uh, while he was doing business. Uh, and I think I was about 12 years old at the time. Uh, and, and so to come kind of full circle, you know, around and, and consult with Hemmings in, in 2018 and then uh, come on as president, uh, in 2019 uh, was was really special to me. And, and, you know, I have a deep, deep personal connection with this brand and an affinity for it. And, and it's not just me. You know, millions of people have a, a really strong affinity for Hemmings. Absolutely. And that's a kind of it's a really cool story, too, because your career kind of took you into some other avenues of business between that, between when you were 12 and your your grandfather buying Hemmings. And then you kind of you did come back full circle. You know, you kind of pursued some other things and then you came to Hemmings. Just kind of tell me why uh, why you wanted to do that. You know, I mean, obviously the, the connection there with Hemmings. But what what drew you to the company? Sure. You know, what What I saw in Hemmings and my background was in uh, digital product development, but had been around the media space, had been doing some M&A work in the media space uh, before that, and uh, had been with a company that ha- is a large publisher of newspapers that had really grown and, and built a digital and event presence for itself. And what we saw was, you know, my knowledge from that, my ability to take that to Hemmings and take you know, what was largely a print media company at the time that ran a marketplace but was very focused on its media business and understand, hey, there's a massive e-commerce opportunity here that we need to unlock beyond kind of your traditional classified piece. Uh, and, and that's where I saw the opportunity was, you know, expanding the event portion of the business, expanding into online auctions, make offer, you know, direct to consumer sales of vehicles. Uh, was was something untapped to the brand, but I think chiefly it was a brand that had tremendous uh, patronage, tremendous respect in the industry, and, and I thought if we and it's built on trust and customer service. And I thought, gosh, you know, if we layer on some new technology and and a new kind of digital strategy for this existing business, it can really be a juggernaut. And and that's really what we've created and continue to to build upon now. 
Absolutely. And I think what's cool is um, some of my listeners, uh, some of my older listeners especially, will probably recognize Hemmings from years before and when you just did print stuff now. And you're bringing that into the the 21st century with this. And uh, so I think it's really cool because you've got people who definitely recognize Hemmings, you know, and maybe don't know some of the really cool digital stuff that you've moved into. Um, Now, tell me a little bit about, you know, the history goes back to 1954. So you're getting ready. You're gearing up here. You're celebrating the 70th anniversary of Hemmings. Tell me a little bit about Hemmings history as a whole. Yeah, such a neat story. Um, So unlike a lot of startups that kind of create these crazy, you know, names out of nothing, uh, Hemmings is named after our founder, Ernest Hemmings, who uh, was a big Model A and Model T enthusiast in 1954. So, you know, they were collecting cars from the 20s and the 30s at that time. And uh, he saw a need in the marketplace where he and his Model T buddies didn't have any place where they could communicate or create community around buying and selling parts or buying and selling Model Ts, you know, in general, the vehicles themselves. So he created a four page pamphlet, mailed it to 100 of his Model A and Model T buddies in their community and car clubs. And that is how Hemmings was born. So here we are 70 years later after a four page pamphlet to 100 people. Yeah, we'll we'll circulate to over 300,000 plus people uh, in in print. Uh, We'll do three and a half million plus unique visitors to the website, to Hemmings.com every single month. So 30,000 cars online for sale at any time. So from those humble beginnings in Quincy, Illinois, in a four-page print pamphlet all the way to, to what we are today, is kind of a testament to this this collector car community and and the you know love that we all have. Uh, for participating in this world. Absolutely. And I think what you're doing with Hemmings is, I mean, it's astounding when you see the the reach that you have with it and how many car enthusiasts, you know, who benefit from some of the things that you do. Now, aside from, um, you know, doing the car marketplace, run me through some of the, the things that Hemmings does, because you pretty much you pretty much do everything when it comes to car stuff from car parts to information. Run me through some of that. Sure. One one area we've really focused on over the last year is developing services onto the marketplace. And we call it the friction building the frictionless marketplace. So we have a valuation product uh, and, and certainly you can go on and you can research sold prices for vehicles from anywhere. But we actually personally value your car where you send in the details and the photos of the vehicle. We research recent sales and comps both on Hemmings as well as, you know, kind of the broad collector range from wherever the sales may happen to that exact make, model, and year and trim package and give you a personalized valuation in return. We have also added a shipping product directly in where you can get free shipping quotes and book your shipping directly through the Hemmings marketplace. Uh, We also have an insurance marketplace with top carriers. So, you know, we're really focused and, and we'll continue to focus in 24 with a few more product launches and kind of demystifying the space, making sure that Anybody can participate that, you know, no stone is left unturned. We're giving you resource guides, buyer's guides, how to, along with that pricing information. And then on the flip side, once you go for the buy, you know, making sure it's uh, extremely transparent. Uh, The pricing is all up front. The insurance, uh, the transportation is a part of it. So really focus on, you know, making the collector car space an easy place to buy and sell and participate with as much transparency and the least amount of friction as possible. 
And, and I think that's a really handy thing to have as a car enthusiast. You know, you've you've got a couple options when it comes to buying a collector car, for example, and and, and those you know range from everything from your your Facebook Marketplace classifieds to Craigslist to you know huge uh, auction houses too. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of mystery there if you've never bought a classic car before, you know, in valuing the car and in, in inspecting it. And like you mentioned with shipping, too, I think that's really, really incredible that you are able to at least provide some context into how people can can ship their cars, because that's always a big hurdle. I think a lot of guys don't want to ship a car and, and may miss out on some really cool collectible opportunities just because of the the challenges in setting up a, a shipping a car um, I've shipped a car personally and you know I, I went the route of finding a, a, a trucker and going through a, a company that works with the trucking dispatchers and finding a trucker and then you got to wait for them to load up a trailer and all of this stuff and I mean it was a it was an arduous process at least going into it without knowing anything and uh, with you bringing that knowledge with Hemmings and then all of that support base with the insurance and all of the above i think it's really um uh, you know I, I hate to use a cliche but kind of like a one-stop shop like you can kind of get everything done you need to do in the collector car world with hemmings does that sound right that sounds right that's exactly what we what we've tried to develop is is kind of a, a place where every single uh you know opportunity where somebody say i don't why don't want to i don't want to buy a collector car because i don't want to deal with shipping or i don't know how to insure it or i don't know what to pay for it we've tried to create products to, that get people through every single step of that process. And, you know, the shipping portion is a shipping marketplace. So, you know, folks can be uh, know that they're getting a best price from, you know, a wide range of certified carriers. Uh, they can uh, choose enclosed shipping. They can choose open shipping. You know, not every project car needs to be, you know, inside the, the climate controlled trailer. But, you know, some some certainly do, you know, our 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 marketplace runs the gamut from project cars at a few hundred dollars or a thousand dollars all the way up to, you know, 14, 15, 20 million dollar Delahays and, and some really special stuff. Wow. My guest is Jonathan Shaw, president of Hemmings. Now, we're going to talk more about Hemmings. We're going to talk more about some of your thoughts, Jonathan, on the collector car market as a whole in the next segment coming up here. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Automotive ADHD here on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. Ladies and gentlemen, the Speed Council proudly presents... Automotive ADHD, now on video. For better or for worse, subscribe to Automotive ADHD, now playing on YouTube and Rumble. And here we are in the next segment of the Automotive ADHD show on AM 1460 and FM 101.1, The Answer. I am really excited because joining me on the show is Jonathan Shaw, president of Hemmings. You may be familiar with the name Hemmings, and you may know them from their decades of service to the collector car enthusiast, but you may not know some of the really interesting stuff they're doing now, especially in the online and the digital age. Uh, Jonathan, thank you for joining me here on the Automotive ADHD Show. It's great to be with you, Matt. Uh, what's, what's better than talking cars? Who, who doesn't want to do that? 
I know. I mean, hey, I talk about cars on the radio because, you know, my my friends have gotten sick of me talking about them so much everywhere else. So <laughs> so here I am. Now, uh, that being said, um, you know, Hemmings has got some really interesting stuff. In the last segment, we really touched on the, the services that you provide and how Hemmings is is kind of a one stop shop when it comes to, uh, you know, anything for the, the car enthusiast. Um, now, I want to talk a little bit now about the classic car market, the collector car market. There's a lot of, you know, I hear a lot of speculation and I'm maybe I could even be accused of doing some speculation on what, you know, the market's doing. What are the next collectible cars? Now, you as the president of Hemmings have a really interesting perspective on that. Where do you see cars going here in the next couple of years? What trends have you seen leading up until now. I know we've had, um, you know, some cars, some eras of cars start to, you know, get really expensive and others maybe not. What are your thoughts on the collector car market as yeah, it is right it, now? It, it's it's changed considerably. Uh, you, you know, the, just the, the sheer way people buy and sell cars now is, is completely different. You know, I liken it to the kind of Amazonification of our world. Uh, in, in general, you're seeing so much more e-commerce of cars happen than than ever before, uh, where people are, are buying cars. And I think a testament to kind of what we've created at, at Hemmings and others with as much transparency as possible, with as, as detailed research and photographs that people were requiring people to put up. People feel a lot more comfortable about buying a car. Uh, you know, there's places where you can order pre-purchase inspections and, and get that taken care of before you move through. So you're seeing a lot more e-commerce in, in buying and selling cars, um, You know whether that's live online auctions on Hemmings or make offer product or just going the traditional classified route. You know, and, and so the, the online portion has risen. I think you're seeing a lot more trading. Um, so, you know, during COVID, you, you had a huge spike in desire and, and people wanting to, and showing and executing interest in collector cars. Because in some states, that's all you could do. You, you mm-hmm. either go on the grocery store or you could go on a car ride uh, or you worked on a car in your garage uh, as a way to spend your time during COVID. So we saw prices rise considerably. You also saw, uh, you know, the largest demographic group in America start to sell off kind of the, the older boomer generation. And then you started to see millennials come into their buying power. And that has shifted interest considerably. So, you know, the millennial interest is really in both SUVs. So you're seeing the rise of SUVs go up considerably. But you're also seeing the 80s and 90s cars take off like wildfire right now. So you're talking, you know, significant number of sales starting to come through on uh, Grand Nationals, uh, on Fox Body Mustangs, on third gen IROC Z Camaros. Uh, you know, price averages going up, you know, five thousand plus dollars a year, kind of on average in those sales in a in a single year period. So those are starting to rise considerably. Where we're seeing some fall off is in kind of your traditional hot rod scene. So you know, twenties and thirties hot rods, you know, Model A's, Model T's are certainly backing off quite a bit in the in the marketplace right now. Um, so you know, b- between those things, you know, you've got the rise of of also resto mods. Um, so you're seeing resto mods at auction where somebody has swapped out the traditional, uh, you know, carbureted engine uh, and driveline and for a new transmission, you know, either an LS uh, or, you know, a, a Gen 3 Hemi or a Coyote motor, uh, you know, Bluetooth stereos inside, AC, kind of all these wonderful things that we've gotten accustomed to. 
So you're essentially taking the beautiful styling of a collector car and you're matching it to a modern, dependable drive line. You're seeing resto mods start to demand higher prices in some cases than numbers matching. Kind of what we would have considered a couple of years ago as the holy grail auction cars. And, and that's interesting because when you look at you know your numbers matching collectibles and your 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 sort of museum cars versus your resto mods and i you know there's there's a big difference there in in what the cars do and and how they operate i think some of that maybe could be attributed to the fact that your millennial buyers now and i like to see this maybe are are actually driving the cars a lot more I, I, too do you see that i think you're exactly right you know it's long been said the millennial buyer group they're a very experiential group right Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't want to buy goods just to have goods. They want to go out and use them. They they go camping. Uh, they they go on road trips. Uh, so certainly, yes, I, I think the millennial group is going to get behind the wheel. And what I also think is interesting, that group is going to be because they're more e-commerce friendly uh, and more adaptive buying and selling online. I think you're going to see trading happen more often. So less of buying a car and, oh, I'm going to hold it for my lifetime. We're going to hold it for the next 30 years. Uh, I think you're, you're going to own it for a season or, or two or three years. And you're going to say, okay, I, I had the Dodge, you know, 70 Dodge Challenger muscle car. Now I'm going to go to the 87 Grand Wagoneer and try something completely different. Uh, or next, I want the British sports car. So you're going to see people kind of moving in and out of categories more, too. Absolutely. And that, that I think kind of in a weird way is, you know, sort of the inspiration for a lot of like my show too, you know, like we're not just focused on classics. We're not just focused on nineties Japanese cars or things like that. My show has a, has a wide focus as a lot of my listeners are, are used to. Um, and, and so do I think millennial buyers. You talk about that. I definitely fall into that category. And, you know, for me, it's sometimes it's really fun to experience a car for a while and then, you know, okay, I did this too. It. I modified this. I did that. I want to try something different now. You mentioned a 87 Grand Wagoneer, which I recently traded a uh, AMC Hornet for one just oh, nice. just like that. And uh, those, you know, it's it's really cool. I think it's very surprising uh, when you find especially older guys in the car scene who are surprised to see that a lot of the younger crowd is is interested in these cars. And uh, and and I think that definitely shows in the marketplace and with probably what what you're seeing as well now are there any specific cars any makes any things like that that you see is really being hot like hey these are coming up you know maybe not right now but these are really contending for a future classic what are your thoughts yeah so what i think is going to be so you know we saw the big rise in grand national prices Mm -hmm. um but but Fox Body Mustangs, you can still get in a really good 79 to 93 Fox Body Mustang for $22,000, $25,000. We've seen prices start to rise in those. If, you, if you're in the market, I would jump on one right now because I think that car is going to be really, really hot. Uh, kind of third-gen Camaros, especially the IROC Zs, still, again, that 20 25K average price range. Uh, I think that's going to rise considerably. Square body blazers, um, you know, they, they're they a little on the hotter side right now. You're getting into 30s plus for those. You know, if you want to buy something that's kind of original, you know, we've seen square body blazers bring six figures at auction. Uh, and and wow. so, you know, the full resto mod, you know, brand new LS and, and it, et cetera. Uh, you know, there's good upside in these right now. And, and in those 80s and 90s cars, you can find the ones that, 
you know, especially if you're going to do some work on it, it doesn't have to be perfect. You know, I wouldn't be scared away by, you know, a higher, higher mileage car, especially if you're going to do an engine and trans swap kind of means moot at that point. Right. You're just talking miles on the body. Now, again, my guest is Jonathan Shaw, president of Hemmings. Before we wrap up this segment, just a minute left. What's in your wish list? What are some cars you've seen on Hemmings, you know, sitting there from your desk that you go, oh, that's going on my wish list there. What What's in your wish list? Yeah. So before we cut up, I pulled up my favorite listings on, on Hemmings right now. And it's it kind of smacks me in the face. I, I am a, a, a millennial classic SUV fan. So I got an 87 Grand Wagoneer, a 78 GMC Jimmy. I do have a 1990 Land Rover. I love those classic long wheelbase Range Range Rovers. Um, so I've got one of those in there. Muscle car for me, though, love the Corvettes. Uh, I think, Ooh. you know, some you could argue sports car or muscle car, which one is it? Uh, but I love the, the steel bumpers and the 70s Corvettes for sure. Absolutely. I think some of the uh, the C3, the C3 generation of those Corvettes are just gorgeous, gorgeous yeah. cars. I mean, the, the lines on those cars. And and like you said, is it a muscle car? Is it a sports car? I don't know. You decide, right? <laughs> it, it, it'll go in a straight line. But the beautiful thing is those cars will turn really well, too. Um, so, you know, they're, they're kind of extremely versatile. Um, there's been a few that we've featured in in Hemming's Muscle Machines magazine that I flagged over the years. Like, wow, if I ever do a build... This is what I'm attaining to. This is what I'm shooting for to build something like that. Awesome. I, I love it. Now, last thing, you know, you, you've been talking about here uh, how Hemmings has been expanding and some of the things looking into the future of, of Hemmings and the world of digital and things like that. Where can people find Hemmings online? It's not just on the website and it's not just print now. You've really done some more uh, things to expand that. That's right. So we launched a new marketplace app this year. Uh, so go into your smartphone, both the iOS store and the Android store, uh, and you can download the Hemmings Marketplace app. Uh, users are spending about seven and a half minutes on average when they open the app. So uh, it's pretty sticky. You're going to get lost in some good cars there on, on the app. Also, our event series has come back this year. So in 2024, we're going to run four of our Muscle Palooza events. So that's everything from kind of vintage muscle cars and modern muscle cars and street cars to muscle trucks, hot rods, drag cars. We're doing that in four different locations this year and about to drop the announcement for where that's happening. And then YouTube, uh, we started filming several YouTube series two years ago. We were up to six series this year, uh, two of which are kind of pertinent to this conversation. We did an 87 uh, IROC Z build, uh, and we are airing right now. The episodes have come out once a week starting two weeks ago. A Fox Body Mustang build. So go check us out on the Hemmings uh, channel on YouTube as well. Awesome. I love it. I'm going to be subscribing to that and staying in touch with everything that Hemmings is doing. Now, Jonathan Shaw, it's been a real pleasure having you on my show. Thank you for joining me here on Automotive ADHD. Thank you so much for having me, Matt. And thank you for joining me on this edition of the Automotive ADHD Show here on AM 1460 and FM 101.1 The Answer. Also in the Wet Mountain Valley on 91.7 KLZR. Lots of great ways to catch this show. And if you missed out on the radio, that's okay. You can catch it as a podcast as well, wherever fine shows and mine are downloaded. Also, if you're listening to Spotify, if you're on there, Spotify lets you rate shows. Give this uh, show a 6 star rating. I mean, it only goes up to five, but blow it up. Give it six stars there. Now, I will see you same place, same time next weekend when we're talking more cars here on the Automotive ADHD Show.